Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayelech. Parshas Vayelech has the distinction of being the shortest parsha in the Torah. It contains but 30 psukim. According to the Chinuch, we complete the Tariag mitzvos. We have mitzvah 612 and 613 in this week's Parsha of Vayelech. Mitzvah 612 is that of Hakel, namely that every seventh year on the Yom Tov of Sukkos, following the uh, Shemitah year, the king of Israel would ring, read the Sefer Torah from the book of Devarim, different parts, and the entire nation would slowly pass by, listen to it, and according to the Chinuch and the Rambam, it's a kind of recreation in the minds of the people of Maimar Har Sinai. As all the nation was there, here too, the entire nation hears the Torah and reminds them of the centrality of Torah in their lives. And finally, the last mitzvah, according to the Rambam and Chinuch, is that of the mitzvah of Kisvu Lachemes Ashir Hazos, for each and every individual Jew to write a Sefer Torah. The Rush understands this as the mitzvah to have a Jewish library, so that if a person, well, needs a in those days, they studied from the Sefer Torah. One would have to borrow, and given its costliness and its preciousness, people did not want to lend out a Sefer Torah. So therefore, you needed it as a practical thing. And today, we have, thank God, so many Sfarim, but a person should have, in whatever language they're comfortable in, in whatever level, they have Sfarim to not only create that very special ambiance. You walk into the house, and I know it's a Jewish home, but more than that, it should, please God, permeate the lives of adults and children within the home. By the way, according to the Ramban, the 613th mitzvah is next week in Parshas Ha'azinu, and that is the mitzvah of Birkas HaTorah, the blessings that we recite daily in conjunction with our appreciation to Hashem and thankfulness that He's given us the Torah. In terms of Parshas Vayelech, I'd like to suggest a way in which the Parsha itself um, prepares us for Yom Kippur, and that is, make a note, bring the Chumash to the table, please God, tonight, and I'll show you a very interesting verb. It happens to be in Pasuk 16, in this week's Parsha, chapter 31, Pasuk 16. And the Pasuk reads as follows, God says to Moshe, You are going to die, and you're going to rest with your forefathers, the idea of Olam Haba. And then, because there's an Esnachta, the way the Chumash is printed, an Esnachta is a pause, in the verse, and then the second half of the verse, the comma amazeh, 
and this nation is going to literally rise up and it's going to be led astray after the foreign guards in the lands where you are uh, going to be dispersed and they will forsake Hashem and they will unfortunately uh, annul the covenant that he has <coughs> contracted with them. Now watch. The Gemara in Sanhedrin 90b asks, where do we find references in the Torah to Tchias HaMesim? As we say in the 13th of the Anima Mim, Anima Mim Bemuna Shlema, I believe with complete and total faith that there will be Tchias HaMesim, that the dead are going to come to life. Where is that found in the Torah? So, if you look at the Pasuk, I read the Pasuk and I put in a snachta, a pause, after the word imavosecha. But given that in the Torah there is no punctuation, the Talmud says the verse could be read as follows. Hashem says to Moshe, you are going to lie with your fathers, you're going to die, and don't put the comma there, but rather go on to come, and you will rise up. Moshe is going to come to life again. Now, this is a very interesting point that not only can the word become go either way, because the Torah is to be understood on so many different levels, but for us especially, this concept of our belief in Tchias HaMesim, in literally the eternity of the soul, is so significant. Because what is Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is a day that we focus and on our soul. The five inuyim, the five restrictions of the day of Yom Kippur, that we are not to eat and drink, one, which everybody agrees is biblical, and the other four, which are not to wear leather shoes and not to bathe and not to have cosmetics and not to engage in marital relations. All of these have one thing in common. They are all pleasuresome to the body. And on Yom Kippur, we put all of that on the back burner and we accentuate the fact that we have a soul, that we are angelic-like, just like the angels. Our saying of Baruch Shem Kavod, Malchuso, the Olam Ed, as we say every morning in the first bracha of the um, that the angels say one to another, right? Kedusha kulam ke'echad onim, the omrim bi'ira, we describe what happens on high, kadosh, 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 that the angels say, and then what comes right after that? Baruch kvod Hashem mim komo, and this is that Baruch Shem kvod, our mimicking the angels that we say aloud on Yom Kippur. So the belief in the eternity of the soul is one of those very strong factors which um, generates Yom Kippurim and tells us about the significance of the day. I'd like to share with you, first of all, a beautiful insight into the essence of Yom Kippur 
And this is found in the end of the Kriyas HaTorah that we're going to read in Mirza Hashem this coming Wednesday morning on Yom HaKadosh, on Yom Kippur. At the end of the Kriya, which is the uh, Avodas, Yom HaKippurim, the special service that the Kohen Gadol performed on behalf of the Jewish nation on Yom Kippur, whereby he went into the Holy of Holies four different times on this day. The Torah, starting with uh, verse 29 in chapter 16 in Vayikra, the Torah tells us that Yom Kippur shall be for you Lechukas Olam, translated as an eternal decree. And this phrase is found three times in the end of the Kriya Satorah. Now what does that mean to you, an eternal decree? So I think you're probably correct if you're saying to yourself that Yom Kippur will always be observed. So first of all, pause for a moment and ask yourself, how do you know that the Torah is divine, that it was written by Hashem and not by Moshe or any other great man? And one answer has to be, how could any human being over 3,000 years ago know what would be 3,000 years down the road and say this day and with its restrictions will always be observed? Unbelievable. Only Hashem, who knows history and controls history, could write that chukas olam. But I'd like to share with you an additional insight, that of Rav Nevensol. He should live and be well. One of the atikim and great rabbis in the old city of uh, Yerushalayim. And he says beautifully that chukas olam is not only an eternal decree, but a chok we know is a law without a reason, a law which cannot be explained. And it's a law which goes against olam, the world. Allow me to explain. A person breaks somebody else's window. He can't say there was no sign, no ball playing. He can't say, I'm really sorry, I didn't think I could hit the ball that far. The bottom line is, you broke their window. You have to pay for that window. If the next day, the owner of the home wins the lottery and says, forget it, what's the $500,000 compared to the millions that I won? I'm mochel, I forgive you. He forgives you, you don't have to pay, but still the act was done. You broke the window. Someone has to clean up the glass. The glass has to be replaced. Now watch. I make an, a, a reservation for two at a very fancy kosher restaurant. I want to influence a client. I want to show him beautiful Jewish restaurant, kosher restaurant, etc. I come like a big shot. I say reservations for two and I give her my name. And she looks, she says, I'm sorry, no. I say, look again, please. She looks, no. So the first thing I do, I call my secretary. She says, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. I said, okay, I forgot to tell you you're fired. Hopefully not, but now watch. And then I say, oh, yeah, yeah, right across the street, there is a non-kosher restaurant. So I say to myself, okay, I'll go. I won't eat the meat. I'll eat a vegetable, this or that. I'll play with it, etc. Okay, and I go and I eat and I eat the vegetables, etc. And I come before God on Yom Kippur and I say, Hashem, this wasn't premeditated. I just wanted so much to clinch this deal. Uh, 
The dollar bills got the best of me. I am so sorry. I'm remorseful. I won't do it again. I promise. And I truly plead before Hashem. Now, even though there might be a video that shows my eating in that restaurant, I never ate. That's what Shuva does. Shuva, literally like that magic slate that we had as children, can take it and literally wipe it away. Here too, I never ate. I never ate the non-kosha. Amazing. This is chukas achok, a law which defies olam. It defies nature. And it's for that reason that the Gemara in Psachim tells us that certain things were created before the creation of this world. This is one of the themes that we've been saying in Slichos every night or every morning early. What's going on here? Why must I know that tshuva, the concept of uh, repentance, asking for forgiveness, and that Hashem forgives, was created before this world. Because, as Rav Nevensol is explaining, Chukas Olam, this doesn't follow the natural laws of the world. The window is broken, but here I never ate it. It undoes the world. It's a Chukas Olam. Now, we know that very this Shabbos, in all our communities, the Rav gives a special drasha, a Shabbos Shuva drasha. The name of the Shabbos comes from the Haftorah, from the book of Hosea, Shuva Yisrael. And I therefore want to share with you a beautiful insight regarding Vidui that Rav Salavechik, Sechrona Levracha, pointed out among his many shiurim when he gave Shuva uh, shiurim annually between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And I'd like to uh, basically ask one simple question. What, where and how is the Vidui recited on Yom Kippur? Now we recite Vidui, which is the shorter Vidui, Oshamnu, Bogadnu, Gozalnu, and the longer Vidui, of we recite the Vidui a total of 10 times. We say it, interestingly, on the Mincha, this coming Tuesday afternoon before Yom Kippur. That's once. We say it two more times on Mayriv, Tuesday night, one in our private Shemona Esrei, and one, the Chazan, leading us in Slichos, we say it there as well, that's three. Two at Shachris is five. Two at Musaf is seven. Two at Mincha is nine. And one more time at Nila, which is ten times over Yom Kippur, we recite Vidui. Where and how is the Vidui recited? So interestingly, the individual recites the Vidui at the end of Shemona Esrei. He finishes the last bracha, whether you say bracha to Hashem, Oseha Shalom, or you say Hamavarech Esamo Yisrael Shalom, you have completed your Shemona Esrei, and then that's where you recite the Vidui. The Chazan, on the other hand, recites the Vidui 
and leads the congregation in Vidui in the fourth bracha of the Shemona Esrei. Now, every bracha of every Shabbos and Yom Tov is a Shemona Esrei of seven brachos. The only one that had nine was the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, because we added Malchios, Zechronos, and Shofros. So now, the question is, what is the bracha of Yom HaKippurim that we say Tuesday night in our Mayriv and throughout the day? It is, Baruch Hashem, Melech Mochel V'soleach Lavon Oseinu, which means the king who forgives and pardons our sins, and the sins of his people, Israel. And he removes our sins annually. The king over the entire world, who sanctifies Israel and the day of Yom Kippur. Why the double language, asks Rasalavechek? The king who forgives our sins, Kama, and the sins of his people Israel. And the Rav gave a beautiful explanation and said that there really are two levels of forgiveness taking place on Yom Kippur. There's the personal and there's the communal. The personal is Vidui is said by each and every one of us at the end of our Shemona Esrei. And how do we say it? We say it contrite. We say it bent over. We say it crying. Because each and every one of us, our destiny is in the balance on Yom Kippur. The Chazin, who is leading the Tzibur, there is a metaphysical concept called Knesset Yisrael. Knesset Yisrael means the Jewish people, the Jewish people as a whole. In this case, the whole is greater than the sum of all its parts. And therefore, Netzach Yisrael, the destiny of the people as a whole, we are assured. So therefore, rather than say it at the end, we say it in the middle, in that fourth primary bracha of the day. And not only that, before we say the vidui, the chazan leads us in slichos. And Rabbi Salvechik said, think about it, slichos is a privilege. As Rabbi Yochanan taught in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah 17b, when the Jewish people are in a state of crisis, Ya'asu lefanai, we recite the Yud Gimel Midos, we recite and we connect with Hashem, and He responds to us. So what do we say before we say the Vidui? When we say it communally as a people, we say, Hashem, remember, we've got a deal going between you and Knesset Yisrael, you and the Jewish people. There will always be a Jewish people. You will maintain your destiny. And I say to everybody, pinch yourself, because we are part of Knesset Yisrael. The fact that the Jewish people are, thank God, alive, well and kicking is because of his Shomer Abris, Zocher Abris. He keeps the covenant. This we are assured of, and that's why in most 
synagogues, when the Chazan leads us in Vidui, we don't say the Vidui, we don't cry the Vidui, we sing the Vidui. Ay, 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 ay. We sing the Vidui. Why? Because we are assured that there's going to be forgiveness for the Jewish people. What a powerful beautiful way to go into Yom Kippur. Each one of us, individually, we are very concerned. Who's going to live? Who not? But the people of Israel, that we are for sure uh, assured. I'll close with the Torah in this once again very short parsha of Vayelech. Take a look at Pasuk 21 in Vayelech. Several years ago, a Jew from the former Soviet Union, Baruch Hashem, was privileged to write a Sefer Torah. And he asked me what verse or what should he put on the mantle, on the cover of the Sefer Torah. And I selected for him a verse which I think is so significant for all of us, but especially the Jews that have come from the former Soviet Union. And in verse 21, the Torah says, and the Torah promises, Kilo Sishochach Mipi Zaro. Those five words that the Torah will never be forgotten from his progeny, from the Jewish people. Jews coming from the former Soviet Union, where they didn't know very often what Yom Kippur is. They might have known the day, but they didn't know Itzumo Shal Yom. They didn't know what a Vidu is. They didn't know how to hold a Magzar. And take a look. They are here today. So many of them, thank God, keeping Shabbos, keeping Yom Kippur, the children studying Torah. This is the promise of Yom Kippur, that Chukas Olam, the world wants to rid us from them. But we know that Yom Kippur is Chukas Olam to be understood on two ways. One, it's always going to be observed. Two, it defies the nature. That's why it is a metaphysical day, a very, very special Yom Kadosh. Wishing everybody a good Shabbos and a Gemara Chasim Matova to all. Shabbat Shalom to all.